I called my friend or emailed my friend Joan last night because today is her baptism anniversary. Seven years ago, I baptized her on the feast of the baptism of our Lord, which happened to be the last Sunday that I served at that church in New Jersey. And so I emailed her to say, happy anniversary. And also to let her know that the scripture that she spoke of as being so profound in her journey in the Christian faith was going to be read this day. You see, Joan's baptism was a little different than any other that I've ever done. It's not completely uncommon for that to be the case with an adult. But Joan was raised Jewish, and her husband was Episcopalian. Now, I had the privilege of having lunch with Joan just last fall because, believe it or not, even though she lives in New Jersey, she works in Stanford. So she and I met for lunch in Norwalk, and it was fun for me to hear her tell me that she said to her boss as she left, I'm going to take a little longer for lunch today because I'm having lunch with the woman who baptized me. <laughs> what a great way to be known. And she told me a few other things that perhaps I don't remember if she'd told me before about her journey into the Christian faith. She said that before she and her husband were married, they went for a premarital counseling session, as she described it, you know, just to kick the tires a little bit before we decided to get married. And he said in the course of that meeting, I just need to know that you're okay with us raising our kids Episcopalian. And she said, I need you to know and to be okay that it might never be okay with me that we're raising our kids Episcopalian. And so they agreed and they were married. She came to church on the big events in the big days. She was there at least on Christmas and Easter with her family in the pew. And then any other Sunday that the kids were doing something up front or engaged in some activity. So I would guess that perhaps she was in church maybe four times, five times a year. And every time she was in church, as her family would get up to receive communion, people who were behind her family might pause and wait for her to join them. And she would turn her knees to the side and wave them past and say, I'm Jewish, as they went forward for communion. But then all of a sudden, she wanted to be baptized. So I said to her, you're going to need to share with people why it is you want to be baptized. Because for the last more than 10 years, people have known you to be telling them, I'm not going up for communion. I'm not baptized. I'm Jewish. And so she did at the peace on this exact day seven years ago. And she said that there was one particular Sunday when there was a passage from the book of Acts read. It's the passage that we read just today in which Peter says, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but all those that love him and do what is right are acceptable unto him. She said when she heard that, she realized that she could be Jewish and she could also be a follower of Jesus, <coughs> that she could be a Christian. This story in Acts is so profound, and it's profound even for Peter. The story as we read it picks up in the 34th verse, but it actually starts at the very beginning of the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. You see, Cornelius is a God-fearing man. He lives in Cicero. He's a part of the Italian cohort. 
But what he does is give alms to the poor and pray to God regularly. That's the extent of his God-fearing nature. And there's a moment, as you read about it in the, in the beginning of this 10th chapter of Acts, where an angel appears to him and says to him, go to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. Well, Cornelius, being a God-fearing person, decides to do that and calls together two or three of the men in his household and sends them to Joppa to ask for Simon, who was called Peter, who is staying with, staying with Simon the Tanner. And so they do. They go. Well, in Joppa, Simon, who is called Peter, is just getting ready to have lunch, and he falls into a trance. And in this trance, a vision comes to him, a sheet is lowered, and in it are hooved animals and other animals that Jewish people would consider unclean. And he hears a voice, Peter does, that says to him, Peter, get up and eat. And Peter speaks back to that voice and says, no, I can't eat. You know that I would never eat anything that's profane or unclean. And the voice says to him, Peter, don't call anything profane or unclean that I call clean. And as he comes out of that trance, he understands that there are people that will be coming for him. As the story is told, he gets up, and indeed at the door are these three men from Caesarea. And they said, we have been sent for you to come to see Cornelius. He goes with them, and when he arrives, he says at the beginning, you know I really shouldn't be here. You are Gentile people, and I'm Jewish. But Cornelius tells him of the experience that he had, of the vision that came to him, that God told him to send some people and to bring him back to Caesarea. And that's where Acts picks up for us this morning. Peter realizes that the good news of God and Jesus is for all people, that it's not just for the Jewish people. It's for people who are of Italian descent. It's for people who are of Irish descent. It's for people who are of Jewish descent, as my friend Joan in New Jersey came to realize. There is no prerequisite, no hereditary line that we must be a part of in order to be recipients of the good news of God and Jesus Christ. It has come to each of us, and this blows Peter's mind as we read about it in the, in the book of Acts this morning. So we are charged to remember the goodness of this good news. I'm struck with Peter's experience of Jesus, which becomes made known in a new way in his relationship with Cornelius, as it's recorded in the book of Acts, that changed Joan's life in New Jersey, which then informs our own faith journey. God is bringing all people unto himself in Christ. And the only thing is, we need to receive it. This is the good news available to each of us. It's the good news in which we're welcoming Connor James this morning. It's the good news in which we have each been welcomed. It's the good news that we claim that changes our life because now we know who we are and whose we are, children of God, made so through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.